Here's the situation, folks. Today marks a very important milestone in the life of Parking Lot. Today is our last recording in 401 Richmond Street West. We're packing it up. We're moving to a new studio, thus entering a new chapter of our creative journeys. We know change can be scary, but it can also be exciting and usher in a new wave of creative opportunities. And to celebrate the birthplace of Parking Lot, as we sit here, miscellaneous broken chairs, piles of garbage around us, we thought, what better way to usher out this finale than to talk about the most long and boring (laughs) Harry Potter film to date? Because after all, this is the Parking Lot Podcast. With your friends, Kate Latimer, Maggie Prince, Elise Bailey, and myself, Ellie Chinetta, coming to you at a pre-recorded time from 401 Richmond in the heart of downtown Toronto one final time. Just to be clear, the podcast isn't actually over or ending. We're simply moving. Our listeners will not be affected whatsoever, so please keep listening. We really really appreciate it. Enjoy the show. Um, How's everybody's week? Who would like to uh, start? Kate, you want to start? No, Great. Thank no, you for yeah. volunteering. This is shoddy not. Kate, how was your week? My week was really nice. We had um, such a like perfect weekend. Toronto was just, everything was blooming. Everything was no humidity, perfect sunshine, blue skies the whole time. And I was just in a very good mood. And I feel like I just went from different people's porches my boss Elise and Elliot my parents um I just had like such a good relaxing weekend which was um much needed because this week was moving week because as I said we are moving out of the tell um and that is um what that means is like physical labor to move my a lot of stuff out of the tell so yesterday we hired a 20-foot u-haul we rented a 20-foot u-haul we um, tricked, forced Elliot to come and help us. We had like six people in here just just moving stuff out of the tell. We went to a consignment store uh, up in Leslieville where I met the most incredible woman named Victoria. If you're listening, Victoria, Furniture on Consignment, you're a hero. She has um, like a short blonde bob, bright yellow Celine glasses, and was just like, a true character. She, she just like was mad. Cause I was one minute late. She was upset at sort of everything Elliot was doing <laughs> for being a, um, a boy. Yeah. Just sort of his, his masculine energy was sort of harshing her mellow. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was a place of, of femininity and it was too much for her. <laughs> uh, no place for that. <laughs> um, I had some really good uh, van experiences where like a lot of construction workers were sort of like pointing me and I was like backing up a 20 foot U-Haul and, and people were like, man, I couldn't do that. And I was like, <laughs> like Alana Haim and lucky Pizza. for you. Yeah. Which Elliot pointed out. And I was like, I've truly fulfilled my only goal in life, which was to reenact that scene and i've like accomplished that next you just have to make out with a 15 year old and you've you've done your licorice pizza (laughs) like the moving day went very well i put a lot of um as sort of i tried to make the day go as smoothly as possible and i think it did and that's that's been sort of what's like consuming my my life just getting us out of here yeah congratulations so we're much closer there's we're still surrounded by stuff but 
soon it'll be gone. So that was my week. Maggie, how was your week? Uh, my week's been okay. Um, I have been working a lot. Like it feels like you're your own boss. Um, I know I said that on the bus. <laughs> uh, um, Elisa, said, "Do you have Friday off?" And Maggie took break. so long to answer, and I was like, "Well, I'm I'm my own boss." <laughs> so no, I'm not, because I forgot that it's the May two four weekend. Because yeah. when you don't work for somebody, when you, work you forget for yourself, <laughs> you forget. Um, but your work life balance is all off. Oh, it's no been, stat pay. It's been all off this whole week. I've just been like working i don't know it feels like everybody um has a commission all at once this week and so i've like it's it's just a lot um but i'm getting through it uh and i'm almost done um other than that uh last friday danielle and i went to patois and i had never Mm. i'd never eaten inside there i've gotten like takeout from there a lot during the pandemic but this was the first time like eating inside and it was like so good and like so nice and i feel like uh, my restaurant experiences after like like re-entering the world have been like really nice but like awkward and anxiety inducing I just feel like I'm awkward like me interacting with the server is awkward I'm just like I feel like I'm just like not at, like maybe I never was and maybe I'm just like more aware of it now but Patois was like there and we were like sitting at the bar and I just was like oh I'm having like a really good time and we were just like eavesdropping on like the server's conversations and because their internet went went down for the whole night so that it was like chaos in there and they're all like struggling and like the server was just like commiserating together behind the bar and we were like listening and the food was so 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 good um we got that like meal for one to two and i think you guys got that meal yeah yeah and it Great was, really it was so much food though i was like mm-hmm. it was delicious but i was like this is well you just need to go for with, three you need to go with someone like me like a human trash yeah. can to just eat the rest of the stuff that's left behind yeah, mm. yeah we, we had leftovers mm. the human trash can <laughs> human trash can a garburator no mm. trash can trash can okay there is a bottom yeah, <laughs> it does end at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was really really nice. Um, yeah, uh, that was that was my week. Uh, Elliot, how's your week? My week's okay. It's getting to that point of the beginning of the summer where time is going by really really fast, and I feel like the week kind of goes by quickly because we've had such great weather and I've been kind of feeling a bit like oh, spending so many days out and like evenings out doing stuff and not like time at home or whatever. But then you kind of just I have to remind yourself, it's just like now's the time to do that kind of stuff. And you have to just kind of, I don't know, just enjoy the weather while we have it. And um, piggybacking a little bit off of Kate's week, I was helping them move stuff out of here yesterday and it went surprisingly well um, for working with people who sometimes things do not go according to plan and follow a structure. It was very structured. I've heard thanks to Kate with a very tight itinerary. That Thank we you were so following. much. Thank you so much. Um, I got to witness her driving this 20 foot van, which was very impressive. I also drove the van for a while. I was going to say, don't while. tell my insurance, but you also drove it. Yeah, I won't tell them. 
but yeah, so that was fun. Took to it instantly in like an upsetting way. Yeah. Because <laughs> like when I went to pick up the U-Haul, I made my dad come with me and follow behind me for like a few what? blocks just to make sure hey. nothing went wrong. That's so nice. It's a really big thing. That's so cute. <laughs> to be, to Elliot got in instantly, one hand, drinking a coffee, not a care in the world. I was like, oh, I get oh it. Oh my God. Cool, cool, cool. That masculine energy. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's I was why meant Victoria to drive didn't this like truck. Me. Yeah. But to be fair, I didn't have to pull off any of the maneuvers that you had to. Kate had to back up a 20-foot van into uh, a very, very small loading dock area at a big building off of just very downtown with tons of traffic. And there was construction going on. So I had to go park my car. And while this whole... uh, apparatus was going on i must have like byron took me up to see the new studio he's like yeah so this is what we're doing here and this is kind of doing there where's kate i don't know she's downstairs somewhere uh and then they're going this and that's and then we went down to go meet them downstairs and i was walking through the lobby and as i was walking through the lobby this guy who worked behind the desk like to open the doors was like coming out of the loading dock area he's like whoo that girl can drive like it was just like oh, like really loud and then byron's like yeah like kind of like just you know, like, yeah yeah she can and then it was really funny. So I she did the a very best good job. In my whole life. Yeah, that was funny. Um, other than that, I'm yeah, that's pretty much it. It's my week. Elise, how was your week? My week was good. Um, I apologize in advance. I'm going to sound a little sick. It's allergy season. Big F in the chat for allergies. So I apologize in advance for how I sound. I'm going to say it here. I think you have a cold. Yeah, I think I do too. I haven't been sick in three years. It's hitting me like a ton of bricks, but I think this is because the last two weeks my body has been in like ultra mode, and uh, I think now that things are slowing down, it's starting to hit me that I'm very tired. My body's very exhausted. I might say I'm emotional. Um, this week, I've been making a lot of new friends. Um, there's a girl that like our balcony faces, excuse me, into a ravine. There's this young girl. Uh, I call her Miss. <laughs> And she's this little black, fluffy, pregnant squirrel. She's so pregnant. And every time I like go out on the balcony, she comes like running over and she stands up on her back legs and waves her arms around. And I'm so glad you guys got to saw her, yeah. see her this weekend in action. It was really, really nice. And when I say, Miss, she comes running and I throw her crackers and nuts and all kinds of snacks. Because I thought you were like overselling this squirrel. And I was like, I'm sure it's just a normal squirrel, but she is kind of like exceptional. She's got a lot of personality and she's like, she's always not trying to like find other squirrels. She's really not. And other squirrels come up and she's like, Mm-mm, I'm having none of this. And she doesn't deal with it. She just like stares at you and then stares at the other squirrel. And it's like, uh, <laughs> she's like, like, do you, can you believe this happening? <laughs> um, so she's really funny. She's the squirrel that Elliot mentioned that I cried about last week, but she really has a spot in my heart. Um, I've been spending an exceptional amount of time with Kate and Maggie and Elliot this week. So you guys have really been in the front seat for this. But uh, last night we were also at Kate and Maggie's and Kate went, oh my God, look. And I turned around and there was a, a black cat coming up the stairs, but it was just coming so quickly that I guess I like didn't have time to register because I thought it was going to be a person. And then it was just this black blob coming at me. And I was like, ah, <laughs> and I got really scared and ran for your front door. Um, but it was just the nicest black cat in the world. Really? And we immediately became friends. And Elise instantly scooped it up in her arms and said, hello. And he was giving me little nudges and purring so hard. Oh my God. So happy. He was so sweet. I had a hard time even like going back inside. And Kate was like, I've never seen this cat before in my life. 
Yeah. Because she just called this cat with her spirit, I assume. It was so sweet. And then we went upstairs and Sarah was like, Sarah was like, hey, have you guys seen that like mean looking black cat that kind of hisses? And I was like, he doesn't hiss. He goes, because eh. <laughs> he came up, he started chatting. He was like, eh, oh, eh. yeah, he was so friendly. He was so friendly. And then when we left, I was like, oh, I hope I see him again. And I yelled out, I said, kitty, kitty. And Elliot was like, oh, here comes two cats. And he came. <laughs> He oh, came really? There oh, was another goodness. stray cat that looked very scared. I don't think he's stray. I think he has a home because he's very clean and yeah, well fed and happy. very nice. Yeah. But I went and I gave him a hug goodbye and I held him while Elliot backed mm. out so that way we didn't um, hit him. <laughs> All that being said, I hope you guys watch Kids in the Hall. I, I've made everybody I know watch the first episode of Kids in the Hall because uh, it traumatized me. <laughs> I watched it with my boss on his couch. Yes. Yeah, I watched uh, you naked guys, men jump up and down. I watched it with you and my former boss. And in it, my new bosses are fully <laughs> naked in full frontal male nudity. Oh my God, yeah. Was a, if you told me three years ago... <laughs> I would not believe you. I just watched that scene. It was really... Yeah, we made you watch it alone in our apartment. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, stay down. We locked her in. Uh, I don't think I was opposing. You wanted to see it. But yeah. anyways, it's been... I'm shocked to see all the positive reviews. I thought people were going to be like, why do these white, old, middle-aged men need to fucking say this shit? But yeah, we'll see. What a week. What a week. We are... Elliot, can you talk about the period of our life that we're in? Because it really makes me happy. Um, are you referring to the friends period? Yes, I am. So if you want to refer to it as the friends period, this is kind of one of the episodes when somebody gets a new apartment, I would say, because, well, A, we have all semi-recently gotten actual new apartments and now we're having a new group apartment. So it's like we're moving out of, or we're moving into Monica and Rachel's apartment. Is that, that's the main apartment in that show, isn't it? Yeah. It's a very specific parallel. I guess so. There you go. Yeah. Just writes itself. But you mean that we're in the friends era because it's like we like hang out with our friends. Exclusively all the time. <laughs> all Not the time. Maggie so much. Maggie's. You know. Yeah. Maggie's. I was working last night. It was so sad. Just hearing laughter from downstairs. I called you. You didn't answer. I, w- I had my phone away so I could focus. <laughs> but it I does, knew I would be tempted. Uh, it does feel like we're in the period of just like sitting in someone's living room and not necessarily socializing, but just sort of continuing to like hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Why well, hang out separately when you can hang out it's together? Like post-verbal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know how you are. I know what's going on in your life. We're just here to hang out and eat yeah, There's nothing left to say. But it's, it's very comforting though, because it's you, you know, even there was, I don't know, a long span of time where long but like a brief span of time where kate and i were driving in the van and we're just not saying anything just like listening to music then as opposed to like if you and a certain co-worker were sitting in the car together you would just always feel the urge or they would always feel the urge to be to like say something gosh you literally really look robust today kate or something like that whatever along those lines but <laughs> to kind of fill the silence so yeah I'm glad or you're that- like waiting for that silence to end and the yeah. interaction to be over exactly yeah yeah um, before we launch to our main topic, this being, uh, the last recording in 401 Richmond, does anybody have any, uh, words of farewell or fond memories or things you want to look back at in this space? Or are you excited about moving to the new space? Any of that kind of stuff around those lines? Okay. Here's my big worry. I, I've loved recording in 401 more than I can say. This feels like so legitimizing having guests come here and you're like, we're in this arts building. We have this huge studio space. We used to record in front of a digital wall. Like 
I think it just lended lent credibility. credibility to our um to our podcast in a way that's like not very tangible. And where we're moving to is going to be my new my office. I'm just really worried that there's going to be no like break from my work day mm-hmm. and that my my boss who I love and respect if you're listening, thank you <laughs> for everything you do. He'll still be around as we record and I'm just, I'm worried. Well, if we, next week's episode, I sound a little bit like deflated, tense, tense. <laughs> oh my I just know really it's because I'm at work. Yeah. Mm. My week was good. My work was great. Everything went myself. well. <laughs> Everything went so well. I'm lucky and grateful. <laughs> I uh, feel like that. I think yeah. if either of us had to record the podcast out of where we work, it would be a stressful situation. Yeah. I, um, I don't blame you at all. I feel like if it, parts of it are, seem very convenient because it's just like one less place to travel to yeah. and like, but yeah, it's just, it makes it hard. I feel like it makes it more work-like. I mean, yeah. I probably won't. Like we're going to adjust and we're going to be like, why were we ever worried? Yeah. And it'll be like a cool place with like windows, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Big uh, windows. Yeah. Big windows. You can so, go to the sky park afterwards. Yeah. I, I'm I'm also worried, but I feel like it's one of those things where as soon as we start doing it, we're going to be like, why were we ever worried? And yeah. it'd be this nice to see Byron on like a more regular basis. Yeah. For you. <laughs> and I think it, if we ever want to start like, you know, doing other things like branching into like more, I don't know, we have all that equipment is there. It's like all on site. So like if we wanted to do, I don't know, shoot something really quickly or do whatever, we don't have to feel like we have to like tear down, tear up and like all that kind of stuff. And it seems like that space is kind of being built with all that kind of stuff in mind. And we're just kind of lucky that we get to kind of use all that stuff, but it will definitely be an adjustment for I think Kate, especially, you're just going to have to kind of like do Deal the, with it. all mm-hmm. of a sudden I'm not in work mode anymore. I'm going to yeah. have to. And hopefully like people aren't banging on the door be like, did you see that email kind of stuff? We'll see. Yeah. But in terms of 401, I feel like for us to have started this podcast and then we kind of went from like step one, two, and then skipped all the way to step eight where we had this like really professional space. We have like all this like great equipment and i don't know i feel like everybody who we've brought to do an interview are like what the fuck they walk in here and they see like this big thing especially when we had the light walls and stuff right Mm -hmm. we had our like logo behind us so it is going to be i don't know it'll be cool it'll be interesting and it's you know it's a milestone it's going to be a thing to look back at it'll be interesting to see what's in this space after we (laughs) leave thank god we didn't start filming our episodes early on because we did talk about that a lot about like recording them on video so we could utilize the light wall and now it would be us in the back (laughs) surrounded by open ladders and empty piano should we take a picture of how we're recording yeah Yeah. it's a big step backwards we'll be like wow you guys are recording from a sorry a shithole is that (laughs) where you guys are did someone uh, uh kidnap you and give you microphones uh, so yeah, it definitely feels like the end of a phase. I don't want to say era, but it, it feels like the yeah, end of a phase. phase. Mm-hmm. I um, love 401 Richmond and I feel like I just like a, just aesthetically and like the walk to here. It's mm-hmm. like very easy. Uh, I like the way it looks. I like telling people that I'm heading to 401 Richmond and they're like, oh, you get, you go there? And I'm like, that yeah. Arts building? And we're like, yeah, we have we're space. Like, yeah, we like have a podcast. It's pretty cool. yeah. crazy. We like make art in an artist space. It's yeah. no big deal. And right now this space is exclusively for our podcast. Yeah, we use it more than anything else that goes on I in here. Think, yeah. 
It's a lot of square footage for us. Exactly why it's yeah. moving. <laughs> Which is also a worry for the building itself. Yeah, and the tell gallery that operates PKL the yeah. podcast. Oh, uh, can you, can we see the art you guys make? Absolutely not. We got nothing to show you. It's all you, digital. You, you have to hear listen. it with your ears. You can just read our newsletter. I liked when uh, the girl was screaming in the hallway, and that and we had to lock the doors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now we lock so the doors. <laughs> now we just lock the doors That's when so we're in true. here. There's going to be no ghosts. No ghosts. No Greg. Ugh, no Tuesday night like bass thumping in the yeah. basement. No, no samba class. Yeah. No woman coming in asking if she can record a demo. She no. seems a little mentally unwell. Who no seemed, woman, she no also cry. seems like a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, no Greg coming in asking for 40 bucks. <laughs> you seen Byron? Don't hold the door open. <laughs> So many good times. So many great times. Yeah. Here's to you for a What about food? What are we going to do for food? Oh. We're just going to have to eat the keg. Apparently there's a really good like old school pizza place around the Esplanade. Oh, the old spaghetti factory. No. (laughs) Yes, exactly that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It is quite old. It's the name. It's quite old. Now we lead to the main topic and that is the next edition of the Night at the Drive-In special, Double Parked on Diagon Alley. And we continue today with the fifth installment in the Harry Potter series, Harry Potter and the Order of Boring, Long-Winded Conversations about Educational Reform Enhanced by the Government. Um, <laughs> this film was released in 2007, directed by David Yates. And David Yates has become this kind of like all-seeing figure like Warner Brothers has been like you're gonna handle all of Harry Potter he directed this movie he does the next one he does part one and part two of seven and he's doing all five of the Fantastic Beasts movie oh that's why there's such a clear aesthetic that's why all of a sudden everything looks really blown out and like the colors all look very it looks like a Michael Bay film it looks so different I really like when my first note is like is Harry about to have a hot girl Transformers summer Well, where the fuck is this movie it It looks looks very cinematic it looks like a Michael Bay movie I think it looks like Michael Bay and Tim Burton mixed together yeah Mm. well the opening of this movie which is like visually shocking because it is so colorful all of a sudden everyone looks so sweaty when they're like I don't understand why they're commenting on why it's so hot and like (laughs) why England yeah, but they're like in this like, it, field full of dead grass no, and swing. It has no like part of the plot that it like yeah. is helping in any way. Tension. It's a really hot summer. Harry first summer. Do they just do it, I think, just to contrast when the Dementor comes and then yes. it gets like icy all of a sudden? That's exactly But I feel like exactly it still would have been clear if they didn't state verbally that it was hot. Mm-hmm. Um, can we jump into the opening? Um, before we do that, I just want to say that this movie is two hours and 18 minutes, which is the second shortest Harry Potter movie. What? Really? And it feels 100% oh, it felt like the longest. longest. It felt so I think long. this is the longest book. Yeah, it I is. heard. Yeah. I So I do have the inside track from a 15-year-old who loves Harry Potter, and he was telling me oh all about how this was the best book-to-movie really, adaptation. Mm. I've heard the opposite. And that he and it, it like helped some of the more boring do parts of the book. Do each have 15 year olds you, you consult? <laughs> yes. They kept a lot out of it. Well, yeah, this is the longest lot. book, right? Yeah. It is the longest book. Can I just preface this by saying I've, I only watched the first 45 minutes. Okay. Amazing. And did you get to rewatch it at all, Maggie? You've seen it recently. I, I came home early from work today and watched I, it. Okay. From your memory, Maggie, before you get into the opening here, I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock and I want you to tell me what this movie is cool. about. 
Gotcha. Ready? And three, two, one, go. So Harry's um, with his aunt and uncle, and uh, he's being bullied. And then the Dementors come, and they 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 kiss him, and then he does a spell, even though he's not allowed to, because he's not old enough. So then they uh, try to like expel him, but obviously he had seconds. to defend himself. Are you going and then, scene by scene? I'm going well, scene by scene. Cool. Uh, and basically, uh, Voldemort is back, but nobody believes Harry, and everybody hates him, and he's so Five angsty. Seconds. And um, he he tries to teach his uh, friends because this mean biatch uh, mm. um, is there and she's like we're not teaching defense defense of the dark see you arts next Tuesday. So, he, so Harry's like you know what whatever I'll teach them and then it's all that and then Sirius comes and then he meets the order of the phoenix he meets the order of the phoenix and they uh, um and he's like what's that oh he meets Tonks uh, and she's part of the order and, of the phoenix Tonks. and they have a they have a uh, she's part of the order of the phoenix 18 minutes <laughs> and uh, I'm almost done and uh, they have a, a battle with uh, the the Death Eaters, and it ends up being pretty sad. And then there's a huge battle at the end with Dumbledore and uh, and Voldy, and it's crazy. And then and then it's oh, he is back. Yeah, that wow. was a, that was exceptional. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Scene by scene, I this know is, exactly what happened. This is the saddest I've ever been in a Harry Potter movie, though, Ooh. and will ever be. No, I was sadder in um, the last one. Yeah, I was sadder. Maybe when, that's when true. Actually. I was no, 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 I'm talking about number seven. Just you wait. I mean, number seven is just you wait. But this is pretty sad. We're going to spoil it, right? Well, I would spoil the other ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) you've had since 2007 to watch this movie. I don't know why I'm just alluding to it. Have you been here for the past? So serious when he dies. Wait, okay, we have to get there. I'm sorry, Kate. What if people are watching it and then pausing and listening and then watching and then pausing and listening? Sometimes our reviews are not chronological. They're not. Well, this podcast goes in all directions. Similar to... Okay, so we start off. It's Hot Boy Summer. Harry Potter singing, uh, sitting on the swings, being bullied. Are you retaking her <laughs> summary? She didn't like it. He's being bullied by a really uh, aged Dudley. I did not recognize it was Dudley. I was very confused. I was more confused when Harry calls him Big D. Big D. So I was like, who the fuck is he talking? And then he just goes, where's your mom, Porter? Where's your mom? Is she dead? And I was like, what a strange, like, yeah, you know, he's fucking been living you 10 years. He's an orphan. What? I don't understand. Why now? Why are you doing this bit, Dudley? That's like a bully tactic that some rude kids use with people, with other kids. They it was weird. Stuff. I they didn't They find like what it. makes you sad and then they, they use it. They use it. Um, I really loved it. And so then, as you mentioned, uh, the Death Eaters come. No, I always get the Dementors and the Death Eaters mixed You're up. You're also taking this scene by scene. Because Are you doing a full recap? No, I'm just, we yeah. have to talk about the plot a bit for people yeah. who maybe did not watch this yesterday. Yeah. So then Harry, uh, my first question is, Harry does the spell against the Dementors to mm-hmm. save Dudley. A who Patronus charm. didn't deserve it. Um, so does the movie follow like the Eternals logic where like you're just like not supposed to interfere if like somebody's gonna die? Like what was Harry supposed to do there? Just like not He's just do too young. Like that you you uh, have to be like of age in order to use magic in public. Yeah, but like if he didn't do magic in public then Dudley would have just died. Yeah, well And then he would have been on trial in like the real world. <laughs> they would have been exceptional circumstances for the his hearing addresses that. 
Yeah, but, but there's there's other shit at play because the, what's happening is the Dementors are coming back because Voldemort's in charge. Yeah, yeah. So in a normal world, Dementors wouldn't be attacking them. Yeah, but even in the uh, exceptional circumstance, I just was like, what else was Harry supposed to no, do? No, he did the right thing. No, but they say during that trial that there's only ever a, a case when in the situation that you are defending yourselves, but there was no b- proof besides this fucking random woman who just shows mm-hmm. up Mrs. and says- Fig. Yeah, which I have a whole thing about her. Who is this woman? Do you think she's cute? I think she's really cute, but I was just we like, never see her again. Why should we know who she is when she shows Been up? Thinking about her a lot. Um, you have yeah. her. Elliot has. No, maybe we all have. The joke was that Elliot was. Oh, um, was I think about joke. her all the time. But as you guys, do you want to talk about Miss Fig? Because then I have another question. Do you want me to lead? So, I've started to look at these through the eyes. Of Elise Bailey, who has this one for sure has not seen this I've movie. I've never seen this movie. I have no like secret recollections. No scenes popped up, and I was like, "Oh, that's gonna happen." I've so never seen this movie. I've created a quick. I don't know if we should do them. We should take a stop after each one. But I have thirteen things here, and they're all titled <laughs> Elise Bailey. What the fuck questions? Oh Harry Potter. Five. I love this. Such Ready? a good game. So, so wait, we answer these questions. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, number one: How can other people fly on the horses if they can't see them? <laughs> What? You know those dead horses. Bestrals. And these are straight quotes. I'm not going to give you context. You have to figure out. I'll, maybe I'll give you a little bit of context. No, I, I get what she's asking. Yeah. So they're invisible horses. So physically you can feel them. You just can't see them. So it feels it's uncomfortable, but it's like. But what is everybody else seeing? Everybody it's as else if is you seeing, were blind. But everybody else is just and you seeing. you sitting like, in a chair. If you're Neville Longbottom, who also his parents were killed. Am I wrong? No. no. They were tortured. Um, they're so still they're, alive. They're still alive, but they're just like catatonic. They're okay. Like- so Neville Longbottom didn't see death, but like to Neville Longbottom, is everybody in this group that's flying on these vestibules just like floating on air? Yeah, they're invisible. Yeah. That's insane. This, you can this see is an easy them. question to answer. You can see them if you're... Um, if you've seen, seen someone death. die. If you've seen death. Okay. Yeah. Question number two. Wait, did that clear it up? I guess. I still think that's dumb, but whatever. <laughs> now we're getting to the heart of these questions. Question number two. What are all the cloudy orbs? Cloudy orbs. What, they're like in a library of fucking magic balls. Oh, right. Oh, those are... Those are memories. Pro- those are prophecies and memories. Oh, oh are, prophecies. Yeah, those You're are right. Prophecies. Who made the prophecies? Why are they stored there? How does anybody know where any of them are? Question what number does- three. Why is that random ball the prophecy and who made the prophecy <laughs> and has there always been a prophecy? Like, I don't understand. Somebody just was like, I bet you Jack Nicholson will die in 2028. And then, I think- and then it's just put in this orb and it kept in the library? I don't really know, but I That's know a good that is a good question. I'm sure there's an answer somewhere. Uh, I do think that only like a few people have seen the prophecy. Maybe just like Dumbledore. I like, and it's he's, oh, like, do you mean I seen assume the prophecy that a where... prophecy is like proclaimed, mm-hmm. and then some magic shit happens, and it's like formed into like. But who who proclaims who it? Proclaims Anyone it. who has like a prophecy can come from someone who just like feels the prophecy. So like if I get up like tomorrow a Trelawney morning, type. like Trelawney, who's Trelawney? The Professor uh, Trelawney, like Emma. Uh, oh, she's the, the Emma one Thompson. who does. The so like prophecy. if I get up tomorrow morning and be like, "Hey, I might eat three eggs today," is that a prophecy? No, no. it has to be a prophecy. Is magic? It's different. So I think that's the answer. I think it's somebody who is like into uh, divination, uh, like a Trelawney type character who uh has is like an expert 
in prophecies so when she has one she can pinpoint what it is and how to deal with it and how to deal with it i think it's more like the internet like when you log in somewhere a little thing goes off in the ministry and they know and it just happens automatically like i think there's some kind of like magic how do people know about these prophecies that aren't looking at that orb with the prophecy i don't think anyone knows about the prophecies but wasn't the whole point that dumbledore knew about that prophecy just like but he was in that room when the prophecy was made oh my god which i'm sure you'll find out later yeah Next there was question. like a room full of people when this prophecy was declared okay. and that's the power you give the prophecy like i don't think the prophecies have any real power unless you choose to believe that they do so why would you store them all for so long because they're antiquated it's the equivalent of religion in my opinion all right <laughs> doesn't Amen. sound stupid but okay fuck prophecies the next question is isn't there magic to stop things from falling um Ginny does like her super saiyan spell that just blows up all these orbs that apparently have really intense prophecies in them and they just start falling and they just start to run but when they're they in probably don't know that magic yet in the room of requirement right when they're training and stuff they're doing a spell which makes people just float in the yeah. air why didn't they all do that they probably didn't know how to do it and but they were, all, they were, they were all learning how to do it and i was thinking yeah, it was like while they were doing that i was like when is this ever going to come into play that you're going to need to fan they somebody up people? in the air they're just like they're running panic from like all teenagers the, running all the balls for the, falling from, no there was no one chasing them at that time well all the shelves start falling for like they've blasted everybody away and then lucius malfoy does like one big thing and then all the shelves start falling they start running towards that door so i don't think they had time to save the prophecies they're what happens too, to the they're prophecies not, we, they're not strong enough like they've been practicing lifting one person up for a period of time they haven't been practicing lifting up and stopping like a trillion prophecies and a whole bunch of shelves they're just teenagers they're 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 not there yet i is, think even a strong wizard would struggle is a prophecy that. like the equivalent of like a clickbait article yeah <laughs> okay i don't think yeah. anything happens when they're destroyed other than a bunch of prophecies won't be heard i think a bunch of them are useless and there's like a few in there that are like essential to life they will open an a and w at bathurst and saint Clair. yes <laughs> did, yeah they did do that yeah they did do that yeah they yeah. did do imagine that. living on top of that building and having a and w that close and to you. popeyes that would be and s- the russian math center yeah i like just you would be in so much trouble thank god the only thing that saves me is that mcdonald's is like a horrible and b like a little too far it's like a three minute walk for us <laughs> it's a three you just walk through the hospital. No, it's and like you're a there. five. It's like a <laughs> walk through the ER. No, it's like a. Se- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a seven minute walk. Big difference. Maggie in was three. telling us that there's a shortcut through the hospital ER on the way to the bus stop. <laughs> That's how I guess. She said whenever, seconds I, off. whenever I'm here, I was like, "What in the ER?" <laughs> I just walk through the ER drive. The, the drive ER drive Can I get a two <laughs> legs, please? Need a Nobody ever bothers me. I probably think you're there for for mental health. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sorry. What's your next question? My next question was piggybacking a little bit off the last question is why would they need to fan a single person up in the air? What? There's that question. As a defense. Hmm? I didn't ask that question. Well, maybe I mixed some of them in of my questions. You also had some questions? Mm-hmm. Elise and Elliot's so list of questions. You're like, no, that's not. I'm like, that's blasphemy. No, I didn't. In fact, I didn't ask that. Um, that makes sense to me. You think like it's Why? a pointless spell? 
I just what when is that going to come into play? When you, you want like, someone to float away. Yeah, or like <laughs> what if somebody's like about to drown and you can't get to them so you <gasps> and then they are out of the water. Such a good question. What if Such you want to like answer. throw them up against a wall, lift them up and then or they're like there's like like a bull coming at them. <laughs> get out what yeah. if sure. it, what if they were about to step in something and you didn't want them to and so you just <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so it's very practical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw no questions about that. So okay, many great. uses. Uh, my next question is, why is it so spooky everywhere in the wizard government building? That is such a spooky Ministry of Magic. It is. It's that so black dark. Brick. Yeah. I really like the aesthetic, and I think it looks really clean and really kind of spooky, but I like just don't know. Like they need to do an AD tour? I just don't know why it's so spooky. I think it's just like representing how like corrupt... Um, and cold the government uh, is yeah like it's just like i think i think you should do a spoof where you're fudge and you're doing like a tour of the ministry of magic for ad <laughs> that'd be a good one that fucking that like red so telephone booth more, elevator yeah. oh yeah that like more Ron. black shiny brick <laughs> down here this is that, like, my fireplace mr weasley and harry take down and then it just drops them in the middle of like a walkway and i was like are there like eight people crushed underneath <laughs> that phone booth before it goes back up leads no. to my next question is wait i had more to say okay yes please I didn't. Uh, no. Never mind. Cool. Uh, next question was if Ron's dad is the person His who. His name is Mr. Weasley. Mr. Weasley. Arthur Weasley. Is in charge of muggle relations, uh-huh. but doesn't know how to use the subway. Because he's still learning. Is he newly in charge of he's muggle? He's probably well, been working there for a the while. The thing is, I think that. It's like pretty taboo to be interested in uh, like the ministry purposely has like not done any research or interacted with the human world because it's like looked down upon. So even I think his department is like laughable. Like I think Arthur Weasley is like people like scoff at him. So he doesn't have the funds, the access to the muggle world that he should so he's just like when did we find out he does his job with that answer? (laughs) Wow, who said he does that job? He did. When? In like one of the other movies. Second movie. I don't remember that. Because he asked all. what the function of a rubber duck is. I He's like, no what idea. what do you do? I with feel like this? I still need to rewatch these movies. <laughs> I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. Um this next question is my favorite, and at least we'll need to have to clear it up a okay. little bit. The question is simply, is this a memory or is this Christmas? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, 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 I know. (laughs) It's when they go to that house that's like the secret house that's in between all those other row houses. Yeah. And they walk in and then. Sirius's house, the headquarters. But okay, again, in every movie, why are Ron and Hermione always there? Like eight years before Harry. Well, that's and they're always like, "How did you know what's going on?" And he's like, "No, I just fucking got here." Um, and then all of a sudden they're like having Christmas, and I'm like, "Wasn't it just summer? What's happening?" And then I was like, "Is this a memory or is this Christmas? Like, what time is it?" So, there is a big reason why he has to keep going back to the Weasleys or the Dursleys. I mean, no, I know that, but I just mean that like every time then something happens at the in those movies, and then Harry has to go to a new location. Ron and Hermione are always already there with the scoop. I think that's like a tactic so that the audience can get caught up and explained to. Yeah, as like I just, a narrative if I were Harry, device. I'd be like, well, "Why are you guys always here?" He for feels me? really get left out and but upset then, about and then it. You see that the there. Weasleys are having Christmas, and I was like, "Wasn't it just summer?" They probably did a little time like the, uh, time uh, lapse. An issue I found with this movie is that it does go back and forth so oftenly between memories flashbacks and then real life and they 
they transfer so quickly and you don't kind of know which is which because they do go to that house that comes out of the other house and they do just appear there again later when it is Christmas time. And Lisa just says, is this memory or is this Christmas? <laughs> Did you um, also have that question? Well, I've seen it before. I I knew this was is actually was Christmas? happening. It was Christmas. Yeah. Okay. I see. I didn't because know. Because she didn't know if... Arthur was actually being bitten by that snake or if it was just a dream that, that Harry had. That is confusing. Had. Yeah, I didn't understand. And then all the Weezys are like, okay, we have to go see our dad. And then the next scene, they're like, everybody's just fucking chilling. So I was yeah, like, did they leave? Yeah, that's points in whoever he's talking to's favor that it's not a good book to movie adaptation. Because oh, a yeah. lot of that's like explained. And then if you're if you're just not getting it, it's yeah, probably because they didn't confused. do a good job. I was very confused about like what time it was and like the sense of urgency. Because you see all the Weasleys have their bags packed and then in the next scene, like Ron and Hermione are like reading the newspaper. So I was like, dude, did, is your dad okay? Not high schoolers read the newspaper. <laughs> I know. They That's all, And then they read the newspaper and there's like... They all sit around the common room reading the newspaper. There's like clickbait like, on the front world? page. Because they don't have the internet. I guess that's true. <laughs> What else are they going to do? I didn't have the so internet. Like, didn't you when used I was, to read Archie comics? I used to have like Archie a flip phone. Flip phone. Well, as we've talked about, technology, I guess, is a no-no there. No. Yeah. Um, next question is, why did Voldemort himself specifically have to go and kill Harry's parents? Like he himself. Yeah, I didn't know. I don't understand that. Because, well, he wasn't there to kill Harry's parents. He was there to kill Harry. Why? Because of the prophecy. Because of the prophecy. What was the prophecy? That the I mean, kid born on July 14th with green eyes, blah, 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 blah was going to be the a nemesis to Voldemort and only one can live while the other, oh. other survives. Oh, see, okay, so up until this moment, I also never understood why Voldemort killed Harry Potter's parents. He was trying to kill Harry. He Do was, we know that before this movie? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not, no. I didn't yeah, they were just that. like in the way. This is uh, this is one of my questions that I mixed in. Um, has the staircase area always been so fucking deep? Yeah, all of a sudden it's just like you look like you're gonna fall into a bottomless pit. It in looked Hogwarts? like it yeah. looked like a three hundred story building when you look down and you see all the moving things. It was like, like yeah. where's the it bottom? Went, it went down into the fucking hell. It was like here's my hypothesis that explains directorial like artistic changes that they just. They, it undergoes construction every summer. Mm-hmm. Completely mm. changes. Of course. Oh. Right. Magical okay. construction each summer. Hogwarts is slightly different in t- inside. Got it. I also feel like CGI probably got better and they were like Absolutely. wanting to have fun with it. I disagree with that I because highly CGI that. in this movie is the worst it has ever really? been. Fucking Robbie or whatever his it name is. It looks is insane. Horrible. Are you sure you're just watching it on a really big TV? No, yeah, it I, looked, but like we watched Harry Potter three not too long ago on that, the same TV. Yeah, yeah on the same TV. Great. That horse bird looked great. Yeah, Buck snake beak? looked good. Horse bird. Yeah, whatever Buck the beak. F- yeah, sure. Buck beak. Huck- what you called him? Huckabee. Yeah, Snape looked great. You mean Lupin? No, the snake. Oh, snake. <laughs> Snape looked amazing in the third movie. Snape looked so hot. Snape looked really good. Snape looked bad really hands. good. Um, and this question bad just says, hands? "Yeah, ugly oh. hands." Sorry, I think it's a, rip a tight uh, an autocorrect. It just says, "Did Harris join Fight Club?" I think it means Hagrid. Hagrid's got all those scratches and stuff on his face, and they're like, "Oh, were you beat up by the giants?" He said, "No, not exactly." Yeah, was he? All cut is up? the implication that he was like stabbed by the centaurs, or was it Guarb or whatever the fuck? Yeah, he was beat up by Guarb. Go- 
Grobby? Grob. 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 Whatever that guy's name is. His half brother with no explanation. I'm like, how big was your mom or dad's bussy that, like, they fucking birthed you and Grobby? So I think uh, he he's a real giant, and then his yeah. mom he's a half giant Hagrid. Yeah. So that didn't explain the that didn't answer my question. So how big is Hagrid's mom? The, uh, she's the a giant, same, the same size <laughs> as his bro- as his half brother. And, and she just, just had a small baby. She just had like a small baby because huh. she had it with a human, likely. Yeah, Which because is what the fuck? did she just like throw the man into her? I don't know. Well, he talks about that's a good question. So actually, he talks about his dad at some point. How he could like pick up his dad with one hand. Yeah, Hagrid. love is love. Okay? I imagine his dad just like jerked off into her. You imagined Great. this? <laughs> I was also imagining that. Well, I don't even then. I <laughs> he just climbed in. He's like a giant turkey baster. I just really yeah, I don't understand like the mechanics I feel like it'd of be this. A turkey baster. That's the only way that makes sense. That's to me. a really good question then, that like, I don't have an answer to. When she to. was pregnant, did it just look like she like ate too many beans? Like she just had like a little bump. Like beep. she probably didn't even know she was pregnant. Yeah, it was probably a surprise. Yeah, she probably had it in the girls' bathroom in high school. Yeah, from Hagrid's <laughs> teen mom was also a giant. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Because some uh, small man jerked off on her. <laughs> oh god! That's a Harry Potter movie I want to see. <laughs> on her? How would that anyway? <laughs> Bad her. sex educa- education. <laughs> I don't, uh, education. <laughs> Teenagers listening, that's not how it works. But that's how he got his bruises. Was from his half brother. <laughs> from his dad jerking off on his mom. <laughs> Ultimately, yes. But anyways, and the anyways, grand scheme of things. The last question is: oh Do all the students at this point not know all the shit that's gone? Harry has gone through, like in all the previous years, like fighting that big snake, no. and they don't know. No. no, that's all kept very secret. Yeah. How the fuck would that be kept parents, a secret? Do you think their parents would send them back to Hogwarts if they knew there was a giant snake downstairs? What are you talking about? The ca- parents are going to send them to like, you might be killed in a fucking tournament this year. But, oh no, Harry killed some snake. It but that's always fine. ends with him in the hospital wing talking to Dumbledore and no one knows anything. You don't want to spread hysteria. You don't want that's to worry. That's why in this movie the there's parents. so many shots where Harry's just like very alone. Yeah. Alone. But that, Alone. that's, that, you know, that's the life of um somebody who's experienced trauma. Like they're it's just the hero's their, journey. Yeah. That brings an end to Elise Bailey. What the fuck questions? I had Harry another Potter. question. Were- Thank you. Not all of those were my questions. Um, So is it called Dumbledore's Army? This like group of misfits yeah. that are fucking chilling. Yeah. Um, so they find Harry. They're flying very close to the water. Right. In the River Thames. I was like, that's one they, way to get... They fly like through a cruise ship. Yeah, I was like, that's one way to get seen really soon. But there's this like one black guy who they don't give any lines to. And he's like in that crew. But then he's also like works for the ministry. I was like, Kingsley Shacklebolt. Yeah. How do you know that's his name? Because I read, read the, the books. books. And he is... He's in the books more than they never call him by name. He never introduces himself. He doesn't say anything. They give him one mildly racist line. What does he say? He's Jamaican, right? Hagrid. Sorry, Hagrid. Dumbledore does like that thunderclap. And then he's the only guy who speaks. He's like, you got to say the man's got style. Like he just has the line. (laughs) It's like no one else speaks. No one else. speaks. (laughs) They give him the weird line. But that's a rough choice for them to make. I thought he was going to be like a traitor or something because he's just like 
like on both sides and then nobody ever like explains like whose side he's really on right. i was very confused they don't have about time that. to explain those kind of like who this random dude from the what's yeah. the group um order of the phoenix, order of the phoenix. who's like working an inside job at the ministry um yeah he truly had no representation in wasn't no lines. he in another movie I don't know. What movie was he in? Not so far. No, like, I think he has more roles later. Does anyone else find something oddly erotic about the way the Dementors move and the way that they suck? No. Yes. Uh, No. no, I do. It does seem like they're, it's like a a sexy uh, demon. Like, yeah. They like gave them a little bit like of a tighter cloak this time. So like it was a little bit more like, like sucked onto their face a little bit more. I think we're watching different movies. I don't know. I I picked it up. Did you feel that there were female versus male dementors in this one? I don't think they follow any gender. I think they just Mm. suck who they want to suck. I get it. I feel like that sometimes. Yeah. Genderless. Um, hey, who the fuck is Miss Fig? <laughs> She's there to spy on. Uh, so Harry. you know when there's a wizard who doesn't actually, who's born of wizard parents, doesn't so when have a any. Ma- when a man magic. and a giant woman meet at a bar <laughs> in high school, sometimes two wizard parents have a child with no magical powers. I forget what's that. What's oh, that what called? is it called? Um, Filch is one too. Yeah. So you you you're born knowing about the magical world, but you can't participate it's in really, it. Really, it's a sad. And that's who she is. That's what is. How does Dumbledore know about her? So I Do guess they, they just. I don't know. I Probably. guess he just has like his trackers on and knows that there's some whatever they're called living in the neighborhood, God, and he hires that? her to look after Harry. And then Harry goes to court, and we spend way squib. too much a squib, squib, like a like an explosive. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Sure. Do you want to know like who she is though? No, I just wanted to know why like what makes she comes her... down the hall when I Harry's... think she has a lot of cats. I think she has when fig Harry's newtons. like pointing his wand and thinking like at the, the Dementors leave, but then she comes down and it's like it's like set up as like this reveal be like, oh she It was Miss Fig. It was Miss Fig. She knows all along. And then they'd set it up again when she's like being interrogated. They're like, oh my God, she knows like all this stuff is going on, but we've never seen her before this point. Yeah. I think she just lives like a really boring life where she's just like her main goal is to passively watch Harry and not act at all. Do you ever wonder what older women with buggies are what their errands are? They're always on errands and I always wonder Flower, like house. What are they buying? But I use my buggy. You're not constantly doing errands, Miss Fig is. I think I would if I had children. Oh yeah, Miss Fig doesn't have children. And I didn't have a car. If they revealed Miss Fig as like a guest on The Masked Singer, I would stop watching. (laughs) (laughs) They, if she pulled her fucking mask and was Miss Fig, I'd be like, fucking out of here. The squib with her cart. But also, (laughs) these women with their carts. They're mm-hmm. older. They don't have the backs. They're not that strong I'm not anymore. Questioning the they cart. Don't I'm questioning what errands are they always on? What do you mean? That's probably if like you're a the, woman with a buggy. Please let us know. Do, if you do, you see <laughs> the same. The do you see the same woman every single day with the same buggy? They just always seem like they're doing errands. Yeah. Well, that's probably that one person's uh, errand for like the week or the four days. Some people go to the grocery store every single day. My dad goes to the grocery store basically every day. That's what I'm saying. What is he buying? (laughs) (laughs) There are more of them out there. Most of them are older women with buggies. 
when the building gets pulled apart and the second, like the secret apartment, it's like, mm-hmm. that's the shit that magic I think is really cool. Like yeah. the, the world that's hidden within the world kind of stuff. Um, like but, the tent within the, like you walk in and the tent Yeah, is, like little yeah. things like that. She's like, that's nah, clever. But then it just like, these movies kind of contradict themselves. Be like, isn't there magic to do this? Well, no. So you're interested in interiors, sort of interior design. Yeah, like functional magic. Mm. Um, but then, like Elise said, then we have this fucking uh, Dumbledore Law CBS courtroom drama for feels like 45 minutes. And then it's like you dawns on you. It's like, I, I miss when these movies were fun. Like when they, yeah, that's I know a lot of important setup happens in there, but that's where that movie kind of started to lose me. Yeah, and then it becomes clear that the theme of this movie is like government interference in public school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, there will be no more fun after this either. Learning the no. fun no, is over. No, six is kind of fun, and yeah. this movie definitely focuses way more on Harry. Just, just Harry. Like mm-hmm. everybody else becomes like thrown to the side. Yeah, but then they just much. they use all those other characters as exposition dump now to like fill in the gaps like every time Hermione is there but Harry we thought about it last year that's why we have to do it and that's why we're here and we had to do that well the thing with the and it's just like can I ask a question yeah would you guys be friends with Hermione no no I mean yes because she's probably smart and she would help me get through school you'd use her yes yeah absolutely i'd like invite her to lunch every once in a while and like invite her to the odd party but i wouldn't like be her friend i wouldn't like call her and be like what are you doing do you think it's believable sorry would you be friends with her yeah i think i would i recognize that she's quite annoying in this movie but i think that that's um emma watson and uh writing and directing's fault not hermione granger's fault Mm. do you think it's realistic that ron and harry would be friends with her yeah, because especially Harry. I guess. And I feel yeah. like Ron has a crush on her, so even right. if he doesn't like like her as a friend, he likes her as more than a friend. So right. he's gonna stick around. Gonna deal with her. I know what that's like. Speaking of crushes, I don't understand this whole like will they won't they with Cho Chang because he's like, Oh, Cho Chang and then she just fucks off for the rest of the movie. We don't and even see her at the rats, end. Rats don't they? Up. They start making out of the book in this movie. Well, they in don't do that now. Well, well, they, <laughs> they do kiss in front of the picture of Cedric Diggory. Oh, right. <laughs> and Cedric Diggory's like, yeah, my man. That like, seems like yeah. a meme format. I what if you kissed in, you can. in front of the picture of Cedric Diggory? Yeah. Well, I think that this movie does a very poor job of representing that relationship and Cho Chang because in that whole, they have a whole falling out and breakup and he begins to dislike her in this whole span of this movie and I don't think you see that not one bit but you're they supposed some magic to. and then she's like okay bye but the way that Harry um dis- like d- like disowns her is like no you're right. an he asshole. gets a little tired of her no he because because in the Umbridge, book she's like crying about Cedric all the time she's crying it but what and happens he's like Umbridge like tricks her into like oh right paddling she, right but like through magic. So she literally is helpless. Yeah. She like, she was, she was under a truth serum. He also and was just finds tortured. it annoying that she's still grieving over and she Cedric. Find, yeah. So but like, can we move on please? <laughs> oh no, what she does is Umbridge threatens to fire her mom if she doesn't tell the truth about. When is the last time you read the book? Uh... An exceptional like 10 memory. Years, like really? 15 years ago. <laughs> this is the most impressive I've ever been. <laughs> it's all coming back. But um, so 
Cho does a very reasonable thing. Harry is like, oh, what a fucking bitch. Like, uh, it's over. Like, she, her mom, she was blackmailed. Whatever. Fuck her. And then they, but they like don't, all they show in the movie is her like kind of crying and being like, I'm sorry. And Harry being like, whatever. But it's a whole thing. And they just like don't show it. Yeah. They really do her dirty. Yeah. Um, She's just very annoying. We're introduced to a new character. Of Luna Lovegood. Luna Lovegood. Is she not in the previous four books? Nope. Nope. This is her first movie and appearance. In in, in, in the, the book. books yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah. I think it's really weird that they just haven't shown her until now. She's a, she's Why? a year younger and she's in Ravenclaw. Because she has this kind of like weird like You think they would have like talked about her at one point? Yeah, like but there's they so have... many kids at Hogwarts. Yeah. They're all know. kind of fucked. There's so many kids in that hall. We don't know. <laughs> and we we'll ex- never know. I like the character. I think she's great. Um, really? I think she's kind of annoying. Like, uh. I think it's just like really weird and kind of strange. And then she pulls that raw meat out of her purse to feed the fucking invisible horse. <laughs> Who doesn't carry raw meat in their purse? No. Um, but I just thought it was weird that we hadn't seen her uh, until now. You wished you'd met her earlier? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Um. If she was the fifth, fourth member of uh, the trio. Is Sirius dead? Is he like dead dead or is he going to come back? Yeah, he's dead. He's like big rip. Yeah, big rip. Never to be seen again. Yeah. Do you to wanna, be mourned. How do you feel about do that? Do you want to jump to that now? The death part? I mean, what really happens in between that? Uh, yeah. So much. This it's is so very much. much a movie setting up the rest of the books. Yes. Uh, the rest of the movies. Whatever. Miss Umbridge comes. She's a fucking biatch. She starts telling them they can't do magic. Then uh, she kind of goes crazy and they trick her into... How do you guys feel about uh, Dolores Umbridge as a villain? I, I think like she's her. great. I like she's I, great. She's very yeah, good at you her. not wanting to like her. I find her too... Uh, like uh likable anxiety inducing like it makes you really anxious and i don't like that in a villain like i there's like that joker is the best but i'm not anxious but like dolores umbridge she just wants to be an agent of chaos no i much prefer that to this like weird psycho like endlessly cheery I just find it really hard to watch. I feel like you're making like an argument for why she's such a good villain. Like really religious church lady who like takes whatever the priest is saying to heart. I guess I just don't enjoy that kind of villain, villainousness. I feel like I could really understand. Like, I feel like a lot of times villains, I'm like, yeah, okay, well, it's a villain. But with Umbridge, you're like, Oh, I like feel what Harry is feeling with his like rage and annoyance. You're like, that's oh, true. Yeah. She's effective. Yeah, yeah cuz she does it in such like a like a normal way. Mm-hmm. Like she's so not like over too the top. For me. Yeah, she seems like a very realistic person. Like obviously exaggerated to a degree, but like the foundations for a realistic person are there. Right. Like you know that person that just so, like religious rigor like yeah. just following yeah. instructions to a T. Yeah. Like a fundamentalist fighting for the greater good. That you don't know about. Right. Like, I thought there was going to be like a grand conspiracy though that Fudge and Umbridge like knew Voldemort was back and like were trying to keep it under wraps. I think they do. <laughs> I think Sorry, they just like me. can't accept it. Yeah. But they just like instead Fudge walks in on Voldemort being there and he's like, oh, you, oh, you should. Oh, yeah, fuck. I think it's like when you're lying to yourself and finally you can't lie to yourself. Like when I said longer. I have allergies, but I think I'm just sick. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to rattle through all my notes until we get to the ending part so that we can talk about that part. Uh, and if you hear anything that you want to comment on, 
Just do it. I'll probably want that. I have Creature is a very bad vibe. Uh, I want one of those long toast racks that they have mm. on the the breakfast table. So it's like the long pieces of toast Ooh. that looked really good. And the big um, plate of sausages. The prison is exactly the same prison that they have in the MCU, the raft prison that's just in the middle of the ocean. Oh, I was going to say that. Just wanted to point that out. I'm sure you guys all caught that yeah, too. I caught that as totally. well. And I wrote, damn it, Cho, you're a rat. Oh, no, you weren't a rat. You were just tortured. Uh, the <laughs> say flaming- that one more time. Cho, she like ratted them out. He oh. said, "Damn, Cho, you're a rat." Oh, never mind. They just so I guess you. they did show that in the movie. They did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because then when when Umbridge comes into that special room, she's holding Cho Chang. Okay, so it's just they don't explain that Harry by her like, earlobe very much like dumps her. Yeah, no, no, no. He's yeah. just kind of like. No, he like dumps her. Um, the flaming clap. Very over the top. Very yeah. cool. I'd like to do an edit where it's boom, clap, shake. The beat goes on. And that's no, when Dumbledore no, no, disappears. No, no, no. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Then I got the he's, Not forever. he's got style on, maybe a little racist. And then the horrible. Why is that racist? I don't get why that's like racist. an accent for no reason. Because he, no one would say that. And then they give it to the one guy who has barely said, and the one black guy in the room who has barely any lines I think whatsoever. That's a funny line. No. Okay. No, it's not a funny line. It's like very much they're like, okay, like, it's like uh, the Will Smith uh, men in black. I make this look good kind of yeah. line. And it's just like, you're, you're, this is a very specific kind of line you're saying. Uh, Snape's like, what the fuck is that giant baby in your memory, Harry? When he's like going yeah. into his brain, and you <laughs> yeah. see the shot of uh, fucking Hagrid's brother. He's like, what are you doing in that forest? <laughs> Who the fuck is that? Does he look like a baby? Yeah, Hagrid's brother looks like a big yeah, fucking gross does. baby with a he pig is, nose. He is like a he's big the most baby. awful looking thing I've ever seen. Mm. But then Snape like is trying to train Harry for like uh, keeping his memories like from his Voldemort. memory thing in his secret right. like kombucha dungeon. Oh, there's so <laughs> many parts of this movie. And so then like uh, Snape, you see Snape see all of Harry's memories, and then we're like, what about fucking Grobby? Does <laughs> he Snape- react to that? No. no, but you're like skims by it. Wouldn't you be like, what the fuck is that? Also, um, <laughs> what do you do on your weekends? <laughs> we see um, that Snape was bullied, and I was like, lol. I loved that, like that whole section of that book. That's I wish this. there. I One wish of my favorite parts there of the were whole books series. written about their time at Hogwarts. Yeah. The bullied parents. by Harry's father. I know. Yeah. Twist. Lol. Remember Harry's that pa- Harry's okay. father um, is pretty cool. They though. also copy Lord of the Rings because they do the firework scene and they summon the giant firework dragon, which is the yeah, same. Yeah. Also, how is that okay? The like they pretty much just like committed arson, and then I was like, "But you're not even doing it secretly." Like Umbridge is very aware that the Weasley twins are committing arson. I don't get what. what but what, they're like they their only expelled. power would be to expel them, and they're already choosing to leave. Yeah, they're leaving. Yeah, that was them. Yeah, they never like, come back to school, and they never graduate because they, they did that. Shop. They're like, we don't care. Oh, I didn't understand that yeah. at all. That's They're them like, fuck saying, the school system. never mind about school. Oh, yeah. we're gonna like make kids sick. <laughs> we're yeah. gonna open a joke shop during the EQAO. That was the Hogwarts equivalent of EQAO. The yeah. owl exams. Yeah. Oh um, God, I forgot about EQAO. What do we imagine the centaurs are going to do with little Dolores Umbridge when they take her out into the woods? <laughs> Let's not think about that. Move on. <laughs> I imagine they're just going to like spit roast her like a pig. Is that what it's called? Spit well, roast her like a survives. pig. She survives. Is that what it's is that what it's called though? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, when you like skewer them and yeah, like spin yeah, yeah. them around the and fire. Them? She very yeah. much survives. Okay. Well, that's what I assumed happened. Yeah. I and it's like a imagine children's like the, book. The, I think they just the, sort of like push her around. The government cover up of like we just found this woman's like mangled body in the woods, and then being like, "So 
she was headmaster. She was taken by centaurs. 45 centaurs into the woods. We're not exactly sure what happened, but she is okay. and She's fine. We have I, found her. I think they just shook her up a little bit. Yeah, and just, just give her like a little stole like her money. scare you straight kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Broke I her think, glasses. I think they just kind of like elbowed. They just like chest bumped her. They just took that pen that she had and just drew dicks everywhere <laughs> and like just big scarred dicks all over her hands. I definitely. That's really um, funny. I think I said this in a previous Harry Potter episode, but I think that Olivia Coleman would make a really good Umbridge. Yeah. yeah, she would. Mm. She also played the queen, and the lady who plays Dolores Umbridge is going to play the queen. Think so. That's another connection. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's the next one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. And so now we're going to get to the whole prophecy ending. What do you fight think happened part? to her and the centaurs? Oh, I'm some real sick shit happened. <laughs> we're going to see some weird ass babies in the next oh, yeah. movie. Oh, God. <laughs> Dolores Umbridge, I think, has gone half through menopause. Dolores, half centaur babies. <laughs> That's a good point. Um. <laughs> When Sirius Black dies, I feel like it happens too fast for you to like register what's actually happening. Yeah, because all of a sudden, I don't know why. Do every do all the the evil people just always shoot the death spell while they're fighting? Yeah. That's yeah. just the only, only spell that's there. <laughs> just death. It's high stakes. High stakes. They they have no morals. Because what's her name jumps down. She shoots it. He gets hit. He's dead immediately. Yeah. There's like no like like. I don't know, anticipation or lead up for it. I just feel like it happens happens too fast and you're just like, that's the point. But then you at least was like, so just confused for the rest of the movie. She was like, is he, where did he go? Why is he dead? Why would he die like that? That's like a magic curtain. He fell through. I know. I don't know why they did that. That's a weird way to die. He should have just, they should have made it much more clear that he's gone forever. I think she had decided, is he gone forever? I just think a character that they've kind of started to build him up a little bit deserved like a little bit more of like a a lead up to like a end and then like we know for sure that this is him like yeah they other people dying and they don't really react to it well, they're just like Harry's oh. gonna mourn for the next three books but I also feel like that is uh, her way of writing like death and war is that it's like not spe- it's not. Right. It's, it's not, not a hero's death. It's not a hero's death. Like there's going to so be a lot of death. So many people die that, so many, that way and yeah. which you'll see. No, not in that specific way, but unceremoniously. Yeah. Mm. Like there's no ceremony. Like I don't think there's The only one who gets a ceremony is Don't say it. Don't okay. say it. Um and then we get like the fight scene between Voldemort and Dumbledore, which is like really cool. I think the, finally they figured out how. Which it, is really cool. They can figure out how to show people fighting. And he's just like, hello, Tom. And he's like kind of talking down to him the whole time. But then I think it, it gets to this point where like he just kind of goes and cheats and just goes inside of Harry's brain. And there's like all these quick cuts of like all these different memories. But then there's all these shots of Dumbledore with like, sorry, of Voldemort with like this sky flowing oh sepia background. And she, he just goes, ah. I was and then, dying. Oh, oh. It looked and like a like Madonna music video. It's really horrible. <laughs> it looks so bad. And it's just like, ah. yeah, it was pretty cringe when that happens with Voldemort. I feel like they made a very clear choice where they felt like we're either, you can either be like scary because I was seeing like it came up in my Instagram feed that like this concept art of the first Harry Potter with the the face on the back of the guy's head and it looked way fucking scarier than what yeah. it ended up being. 
But then they're like, it can either you can either be scary, like the scary dark lord, or you can be like this really sexy. weird, sexy kind of like dramatic dark lord, which I think they did choose. And Rafe was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do the second." Oh, one. He's like, do the when second. he's standing on the train platform wearing that suit, and he's just like, "Yeah," I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, but like he, it, even when he when he shows up and like Harry's like pointing the wand at uh, Bellatrix, and he just kind of like disappears, and he's like. <gasps> And like, just like, kind of like, like, but like making like this really like, uh, kind of face. So are you saying you think the Dementors and Voldemort are sexy? I think the whole team they're is elegant, trying to be very elegant. Like, like, they're to be on the dark side. They're, he's, bringing sexy. Se- he's bringing sexy he's back. He's like, they're little dancers. That's, <laughs> oh, what, I, that's what I'm hearing. They yeah. all just wear black and they'll just kind of like whoosh around. So you'd rather be on a Death Eater than a Order of the Phoenix. He's way sexier than Dumbledore. Yeah, I don't necessarily is. need my uh, leaders to be sexy. You're in the wrong country. <laughs> <laughs> true dope, no, baby. True. Yeah, and then the movie ends and it we don't get the cup again. There's no points to Gryffindor. Well, there's no points to Gryffindor it, in this movie. At the end of this movie, it really made me miss like... Would you have been satisfied if at the end of this movie they're like, and the house cup goes to <laughs> yeah. five points to Hufflepuff. The but, like, stakes it would have, have been gotten like, higher. It would have been like, oh, the wizard cup goes to Ravenclaw this year. I would be like, why did they, they just like did their work? <laughs> they just, and they just, just like, pay attention. It was a great footage game. That, yeah. Yeah, it would have been like great. If the final scene was just awarding Ravenclaw the house cup. Yeah, like the mm-hmm. toad choir still is like, ha, 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 ha. They're like, and where were we in yeah. Hogwarts news? Like, remember the days when we'd like eat muffins and like turn into <laughs> other students? Those were the fun days. And now yeah, we're just like, now Draco Malfoy's dad tried to kill me. Yeah. yeah. We'd be like, the audience would be like Harry. They'd just be like, so out of like the normal life loop. And then just, yeah. you'd be horribly just, like, traumatized. Can you imagine yeah. if you had that kind of beef with someone else's parents? I can. I, just, I, yeah, I have that beef. I have that beef. Fucks like that. Um, so in closing here, what did you guys, what would, what would you think? What do you think of this movie? Where, this how, is my least favorite that yeah. I've seen so far. On my first 45 minutes, I didn't uh, love, but I also didn't hate. I give it like a six. It's not my, it's not my least favorite. What's it's your least, least favorite? Probably four. Wow. I know. It's not wild. But four has got Cedric I'm excited it. for the next one. Yeah. I feel like. You're either going to love it or hate it, but there is more Hogwartsy stuff. How do you feel about it? This is my least favorite. I give this one like three. three. It's just fucking so three boring. What? <laughs> three. <It was> three, <laughs> uh, I don't know, three or- orders out of order. Uh, <laughs> I'm three out of order orders. And note that I've only watched the first 45. Yeah, but you've seen it before. Yeah. And you've read the book. My memory of it, I would do a six. It's just so slow. It's just, it's like, damn, like... They could have made it like kind of cool with this Damn. whole court case kind of vibe to it, but then you're just, <sighs> I don't know. I I also give it like a three or four out of. What, what's your number? Three point five. Three point five. Um. What was yours? Uh, I'm gonna do five point eight. Oh, okay. I give it a six. I know. Okay. Any mm. any uh, closing thoughts? I hope the next one's better. Yeah. Folks, let us know what you thought of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Leave us a comment on our Instagram. Give us a like. Hey, even subscribe while you're there. It's all fun and good. This is all of us signing off from 401 Richmond one last time. And next time you hear us, we'll be in a shiny new recording space. And as always, thank you for stopping by. Bye.